Hello and welcome back to episode 14 of Football Podcast, Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're an all-family affair with myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. We're dad and daughter who've been spending a lot of time together. We're in isolation at the moment, still going, still staying strong, staying positive. It's a nice sunny day. We've been on a walk. All is good. And this week, we're going to look at the Premier League's best ever strikers, forwards, attacking players, that have ever featured. We've looked at goalkeepers, we've looked at defenders, we've looked at midfielders. Like I said, this week's going to be forwards. Very excited to be doing this one. But there was some sad news this week, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, Norman Hunter, Norman Bite Your Legs Hunter passed away, unfortunately. Cracking player he was. Almost say I modelled my centre-half play on Bite Your Legs Norman Hunter. He was a real old-fashioned, tough player, but very skillful as well. Unusually for those times, very strong left-footed. Known for his hard tackling, but also very skillful player as well. So yeah, what a sad loss. And he was very... Read a bit in the paper this morning, actually, one of his old colleagues, who said he was fit as a fiddle. So oh, uh, really? what a terrible shame. Yeah, real shame, but remembered by all of us. So going from a great defender to great forwards. You've picked four, and I've picked four. Who have you gone for first? So my first one, I've had a habit recently doing these latest podcasts with no matches to report on. Sad uh, I've times. picked quite a lot of, I've picked another one club player. So I've done that quite a lot, actually. Remember Gary Neville was a one club player, for instance. But this chap, you might not have even heard of him, Matt Letissier, played for Southampton. And that's the only team he ever played for. A little bit of a debate whether he was midfield, forward, but I guess his goal record more than easily put him down as a forward. Played, I say, from 1986 to 2001 in three decades for Southampton. Signed as a YTS, youth training scheme, back in 1985. 540 appearances for Southampton, 209 goals. Wow. Uh, he was the PFA Young Player of the Year, 1989-90. And in that season, Southampton finished seventh, which is pretty good for them. And 20 goals he scored. His best season ever was 93-94 when he scored 25 league goals on the following season 94-95 uh, he had the match of the day goal of the season I remember it very well a 40 yard chip oh my gosh against Blackburn Rovers Hi. so what a, what a fantastic player in his first seven seasons in the Premier League five out of seven Southampton were close to relegation but in all cases if you read the reports probably Letizia was very very instrumental in keeping them up eight England caps Low number of England caps, but again, he went through generations with some real fantastic forwards and attacking midfielders. He's in the English Football Hall of Fame, of course. And the stat that I find fascinating, actually, I couldn't believe this, he scored 47 out of 48 penalties. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Which is mad. I think there's, did they say the goalkeeper that saved the one that he missed? I think it was Crossley at Forest, was it? Said it was the best save of his career. <laughs> just couldn't believe that. 47 out of 48 penalties, which is just amazing. And the final fact, which I think is amazing, he won nothing. No. Poor lad, he was such a brilliant player. Again, somebody who could have gone on and earned himself more money and probably made loads of success and won lots of trophies if he joined a big club. But he was true to his team, stayed with them for his whole career, three decades with Southampton. So that's why I've picked Matt Letizia. I know the name, but main, I only know him as a pundit. I think he's a good pundit as well. Yeah, you know, he's a good pundit as well. He's a good character. He's a, he's a live wire. He's a nice chap and good football knowledge. And yeah, what a brilliant, brilliant player. So the next player that I have picked, record goalscorer for both England national team and Man United, Mr. Wayne Rooney. I've gone for him. So he was back and forth. Obviously, he started off at Everton, then went to Man U, then went back to Everton. 
And I think he went to America. Or did he go to China? And then he went to, only now plays for Derby, doesn't he? So he won five Premier League titles with Man U, which he's most famous for. He's with them from 2004, 2017. He joined them when he was only 19 years old. Won an FA Cup as well. Won the Champions League, I forget that, in 2007, 2008. And he scored 183 goals for Man United. Very versatile striker. He was capable of playing anywhere, really, along the front line. Often he was played solely up front on his own, but very accurate finisher, great work rate. And they say he was always so energetic when pressing. And I forget that he's still only 34 years old. We were talking last week about two guys who was signed when he was 30 years old. Like Wayne Rooney has been around and he scored plenty of goals in the Premier League. And he scored some absolute crackers. I was watching back some of his highlights. Do you remember when he scored the bicycle kick against Man City? Man City, yeah. He scored a couple of great derby goals, actually. He he scored some good goals throughout his whole career, yeah. When he went back to Everton, he scored that goal from the halfway line. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, he he has an eye for goals. Again, you say he's hard-working. He was. Uh, Real, yeah, tracking back, helping midfield. Yeah, and very creative, actually. Very creative. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he's saying now and is later on in his career, because he maybe hasn't got the legs that he had when he was younger, he's definitely being a bit more of a midfielder, kind of distributing the ball, kind of taking that more of a role, less much of a prolific goal scorer. But even since he joined for Derby, he still had a big impact there. Yeah, no, he's, he's turned their season around Derby, I think. So, yeah, I've gone for Wayne Rooney as one of my top Premier League forwards. So my second one's a little bit interesting. What I wanted to do in my four was pick a traditional centre-forward. Big, strong, tall centre-forward. Some do put themselves around a bit. Old-fashioned. So my choice is Didier Drogba. Nice. It didn't have the, a massive, fantastic career in Premier League, but I just think he was really influential, like I say, old-fashioned, from Marseille to Chelsea. He got 226 appearances in for Chelsea and scored 100 goals. He was there twice, actually. He went and came back for the 2014-15 season but didn't quite hit the same form 105 appearances for Ivory Coast scored 65 goals for them and uh, throughout his time with Chelsea he had a very strong relationship with Jose Mourinho if you read all the reports oh right he was a very strong and powerful lone striker a lot of the strikers that we'll refer to in today's I'm sure had partners or people that they played mm. off Drogba was a real lone striker good at free kicks actually I forgot about that and um, when you go through the stats again, he had lots of assists for a lone striker. So somebody that could hold the ball up, wait for the likes of Lampard and right, people yeah. to come up and pick it up. And I think overall, he was that old-fashioned striker. PK, Puyol and Vidic all said that he was the toughest striker they ever had to face. Ah, OK. And they're big lumps of guys, big, aren't they? So centre-half. So he, let's say he's, he's just that sort of centre-forward. Chelsea's best season, 2009-2010. 32 league games, scored 29 goals, just about a goal a game. Mm. Uh, He did have a good uh, record in terms of winning stuff. Four Premier Leagues, four FA Cups, three League Cups and one Champions League. So, do you know what, that's pretty good for 226 games. Uh, And he's the only player ever to score in both the FA Cup and the League Cup finals in the same season. And he's one of six players to score a hat-trick in the Premier League in successive matches. So, back-to-back Hat-tricks. That's not easy to say. So yeah, old-fashioned, centre-forward, my pick, Didier Drogba. So from one physical, very dominating forward to, actually I'd say really completely the opposite in terms of their physique, I've gone for Sergio Aguero. Man City legend. He moved to Man City in 2011 
for they're not sure how much they think around about 35 million pounds and on the last day of his debut season that's when he scored the 94th minute winner against QPR which I remember so well that earned City their first league title in 44 years so since that day he's basically just been a legend the fans have loved him and he's gone on to be a prolific goal scorer he scored 180 goals for the club making him City's all-time highest goal scorer and he's currently fourth highest goal scorer in the Premier League history so that's behind Alan Shearer Wayne Rooney and Andy Cole all three English Mm. yeah which is really interesting and he's the highest non-English scorer in the history of the competition obviously and a lot of people have compared him. Do you remember Carlos Tevez? Quite stocky build. That's right, yeah. Man yeah, City. Sort of style, yeah. Very similar. Great agility and strength. I think he's not the tallest, but his strength on the ball is just ridiculous. Great control. And I think the fact that Guardiola brought in Jesus a couple of seasons ago, everyone kind of thought, oh, Aguero might get pushed to the bench. Maybe he's gone past his heyday, but not at all. He's still scoring goals this day. He's won the Golden Boot once, actually, in 2014-15. And he's obviously won four Premier Leagues with the club. He's an amazing player, isn't he? Yeah, very good. A bit of a poacher. He'll pick up chances and got a good scoring rate, definitely. Yeah, especially when you've got people like Sterling and Mares and David Silva and De Bruyne. Maybe some of his goals haven't been the most majestic of goals. I mean, obviously he scores some great goals, but he's very much a poacher, can get the ball, tap it in. When you've got those people delivering extreme brilliant balls coming in across the box, he can just do it, can't he? So... Definitely one of the top ones ever in the Premier League, Sergio Aguero. Well, my third and penultimate striker, the last time I went for with Drogba, a big dominating centre forward. This English striker, five foot nine, so not a big lump, but what a fantastic play. Ian Wright, 501 career games. And more or less a goal every other game, 239 goals. Played 33 times for England and scored nine goals. Thought he might have uh, had more caps than that. But mm. again, he went through that golden age where we had some fantastic forwards and midfielders. And we never won anything, having said that. But some strong English teams, so he just got the 33 caps. Started at Palace, uh, spent most of his career in London. 225 games for Palace, 90 goals. So he's only getting warmed up then, really. He, he shared his the limelight at Palace with... Bright, Mark Bright, Wright and Bright, they used to call them. <laughs> and uh, between the pair of them, they scored most of the goals and played really well together. He then went to Arsenal September 1991 for a then club record fee of two and a half million. He got a hat-trick on his league debut, amazing, against Southampton. Wow. And the last match of that season, he got another hat-trick. And he got 31 goals in all competitions in that his first season. He was Arsenal's top scorer for six seasons in a row. Wow. And in Arsenal, he 288 appearances in total, 185 goals. So I say he was the main striker and did brilliant. Second highest goal scorer of all time for Arsenal. And in July 98, he moved across to West Ham. 22 games, nine goals. So pretty decent return there as well. He um, moved around a bit then, just had a little bit of cameo appearances. Forest, Celtic and Burnley, of course, which I'd, did he? Which I'd forgotten what? about. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think I'm right in saying he helped them get promoted from Championship. So yeah, it was a, that was his last club. He didn't win lots actually. He won okay, one Premier League, two FA Cup, one League Cup, and a Cup Winners Cup. Right. He's in the English Football Hall of Fame, and in '89, '90 season, he was the BBC Goal of the Season. So yeah, Ian Wright would a fantastic player. Of course, he's a 
famous pundit now. Oh, um, I love him as a pundit. Good I think character. he's fantastic. He's, there's a few stories about him doing stuff. He apparently, once upon a time, he I think he got in trouble with the referee and went off and uh, smashed up the referee's changing room or something. <laughs> that. So he, but he's, he could <laughs> be a bit of a live wire, but uh, incredibly skillful, really skillful player. Scored some really good opportunist goals, scored from distance. Good on you, Ian Wright. You mean Ian Wright, right, right. Right, yeah, that's it. That's him. <laughs> so from one English striker, I've gone for another English striker. I'll be interested to see what you think about this one. I've picked Michael Owen. In terms of legacy in the Premier League, he's played for Liverpool, Newcastle, United, and he went to Stoke. I forgot about that. And he progressed through Liverpool youth team and scored on his debut in 1997. And in his first full season at the club in the Premier League, he finished joint top goal scorer with 18 goals. And he repeated this the following year and was Liverpool's top goal scorer from 1997 all the way through to 2004. And in 2001, he won the treble, the UEFA Cup, FA Cup and the League Cup, English League Cup. And he's overall scored 118 goals in 216 appearances in the Premier League for Liverpool. That's a great statistic. And he scored 13 goals in La Liga. That's a bit... I don't know what happened in Real Madrid. Didn't he get injured? He was only there for about a season. Yeah, I can't remember, actually. That's a, a dim and distant pass. But it, uh, he was he was certainly prolific for Liverpool. And they had some very good teams in those, the times that he was there. But he, he was one of the first on the team sheet, definitely. Yeah. And then he obviously returned back to the Premier League after his little spell in La Liga. And he did Newcastle and then United. And then Stoke, he didn't, wasn't there long at all. But he had 26 goals for Newcastle, five goals for Mannion, just the one goal for Stoke. But his dad apparently was a professional footballer, so definitely ran in the family. Great eye for the goal, very accurate finisher and um, effective with his head despite not being the tallest, only five for eight. But it was interesting, I watched a very honest interview with him on the TV and he was saying that he definitely was very injured later on in his career. And he even said that it was pretty average later on in his career. But he said as a young player... He just got injured a lot, unfortunately. But I think for his spell that he had at Liverpool, definitely puts him up there as one of the greatest Premier League strikers. Yeah, he played well for England as well. I remember Emerson, he was, I think he got picked quite a lot for England, actually, and he uh, quite established in the England team. Interesting, not many people do that Liverpool, Man United move. Oh, yeah, of course. Or vice versa. So the counter on one hand, probably, but he, uh, he seemed to do it fairly successfully and didn't really shine at United. But his best days were at Liverpool, of course. Yeah, he said that he got more and more injured and more and more muscle injuries because he was very fast, actually. And as a result, he ended up having to drop deep all the time and wasn't really as effective as he was in his youthful days. He's gone on to do a lot of punditry. What do you think? I'm not 100% no, sure. No, I'm not sure, actually. He's, I, don't think he's got, I don't think he's done that brilliantly, necessarily. No, he's he maybe not got stuff. the character. When you're sitting next to Ian Wright, it's hard to stand out. But yeah, Michael Owen, gone for. <laughs> So I think this is the best English striker in my lifetime. I don't think anybody will be better than him. So Alan Shearer, again, punned it with Ian Wright. Alan Shearer is an interesting career, actually. 1988, he signed for Southampton. A bit, bit like Ian Wright, actually, in his early days at Southampton. 118 games, 23 goals. So he wasn't prolific in his early days. But he signed for Blackburn Rovers in 1992. And I remember vividly watching his first match, actually. And I've not researched this, but I think I'm right. But he, in August 92, it was Blackburn's first season in the Premier League. And when we went to Wembley with a few friends, beat Leicester 1-0. And we said, oh, whatever the match is, whoever they play, the first match, we'll all go and watch it. And it was Crystal Palace away, Sellers Park. 
And uh, walking to the ground, we were saying to each other, what's this Shearer bloke like then? Wow. And it was a 3-3 draw, I think, if I remember rightly. He scored one from outside the box with his right foot and a header from just inside the box. Two cracking goals. And as we walked out of the ground, we said, we think we know who that Shearer bloke is. <laughs> uh, he played 138 goals for Blackburn, 112 goals. Wow. Uh, he was instrumental in their success when they won the Premier League, obviously. Again, somebody who had a strong partnership with Chris Sutton, SAS they used to call him, the Shearer and Sutton SAS. <laughs> Sutton did a lot of the hard work, to be fair, but Shearer's a real predator. Score with either foot, score with his head, wouldn't be frightened to shoot from any distance. Brilliant player, first on the team sheet, I guess for England as well, when he was fit, and first on the team sheet for Blackburn. His England career was pretty good, 63 games, and he was at the same time, the likes of Ian Wright kept him out of the team, for instance. 63 games, 30 goals, so won every other game for England, which is brilliant. Newcastle, of course, he went to Newcastle, 10 years there, 303 games, and again, a goal every other game, 148. Famously turned down Man United and Alex Ferguson twice, and as we all know, if he'd gone there, he would have won everything multiple times. Don't know why he didn't go there, I'm guessing wherever he played, he was number one striker, never questioned and he might have thought that he might not have been the first choice all the time. Like small fish in a big pond, that yeah. kind of thing. He just wanted to play every match, wanted to score every kick. So a real determined player. Uh, youngest player at 17 to score a hat-trick in the Premier League. When he went from Southampton to Blackburn, 3.6 million. And I didn't realise, I read up on that, David Speedy, diminutive Scottish player. He went the other way, reluctantly, actually. He didn't want to leave, but he, he did the return journey from Southampton, from Blackburn to Southampton. 1993-94, he was the Footballer of the Year. And back-to-back, I think, I thought, I think I've, I've got this wrong hand right. I, I thought he was the only player ever to do back-to-back Premier League 30 goals, just Premier League games. Mm-hmm. I think when I read up yesterday, he did it for three seasons, not two. I thought he did it two, two seasons, but I think he did three seasons wow. back-to-back. And I remember one of those seasons, he missed half a dozen through injury. £15 million Newcastle paid for him. Bargain. Um, 1996. The fascinating thing, of course, about Shearer, two things, he's still, I mean, he retired a long time ago, but he's still the highest scoring Premier League player. And the other thing that's fascinating, he won one thing. So probably the best English striker, potentially of all time, won one trophy. That was with Blackburn, of course, Premier League. But his stubbornness in terms of joining Man United meant that's all he won. And of course, England won nothing in that period as well. So... Absolutely fantastic forward. Digging managing ago, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Newcastle. I think if I'm right, he uh, did look at that. Then I thought it's not worth mentioning. No, nah, it but wasn't. He, he took Newcastle down, I think. I think yeah. they were already more or less down, and I think he took them down. But he's been mooted a couple of times at Blackburn in between various managers that he would come and manage Blackburn, but I never fancied him managing him. He's, he's a pundit now, isn't yeah. he? He seems to really enjoy that, and he does really well. But what a fantastic... When he, when he was playing, you knew, you knew that you had a chance of winning every match where Shearer played when he was in your team, which was a real bonus, really. So I think people obviously always think of Alan Shearer and potentially my last forward is someone who probably challenges whether he's the best forward in the Premier League ever, Thierry Henry, signed to Arsenal for £11 million in 1999 from Juventus and he was with the club under Arsene Wenger till 2007. Prolific striker, Arsenal's all-time leading scorer, so I presume ahead of Ian Wright, with 228 goals in all competitions. And he won the Premier League Golden Boot record four times. And he won two Premier League titles, obviously including the one during the unbeaten season 2003-2004, the Invincibles. 
and he captained the team in his last two seasons as well. You don't often get forwards strikers being captains. So I think it says a lot about his personality and him as a player and his respect at the club, the fact that he was captain. Often, normally, it's normally defenders, isn't it? Well, goalkeepers, defenders, they can see the whole pitch. Yeah, defenders, midfielders, normally captains. He played a lot as a lone striker. And again, I was watching back some of his clips. His amazing ability one-on-one is ridiculous. The amount of times he would get the ball from the halfway line, take on all the defenders, and then just chip it over the goalkeeper was ridiculous. Great pace, great skill, great composure. Obviously, all forwards need to have great composure on the ball. And he very often would get in behind defenders. First choice as well for penalty and free kick taker. So he scored a lot of penalties and free kicks, maybe not as many as Matt Letizia, but notable exponent of a no-look pass. He would always pretend to maybe pass with his right foot and then hit it with his left foot, just showing off how much skill he had. Thierry Henry definitely goes down as a legend in the Premier League. And I really enjoyed watching back his clips. I kind of wasn't really my era so much. I didn't really see enough of him, but he was fantastic. Oh, he was, and uh, he's pace over that first 10 20 yards he just he would get the ball and turn and then you think here we go and he'd just run at people and really really skillful a real skillful player very knowledgeable again a bit like Shearer shoot from anywhere yeah I'd probably have him as number two to Shearer in terms of best ever Premier League striker more skilled than Shearer I think Shearer left foot right foot head he'd he had everything about him, but yeah, no, Henri was a fantastic player. Because every clip I watched, I was thinking, oh, I just wonder if maybe the defence were rubbish. But that's how good he was. He made the defence look terrible because they were falling flat on their feet because he was just so skillful. So we're thinking in terms of top two, you go Shearer number one, Thierry Henry number two. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we've not, we've done this. Uh, whether you call them midfielders or strikers, Cantona, I was so... Tempted to pick Cantona, but of course his, his time in the Premier League was shortish. Uh, although in terms of influence and reputation. Then Ronaldo, we haven't had Ronaldo on our teams. No, but I mentioned him as my midfielder. Did you? Yeah, oh, I well, did. there you go. Again, yeah. that's like confused. <laughs> I don't think he is a midfielder. I think he's a forward. But we didn't mention Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch. <laughs> I think he's still playing, isn't he? And then you got Lineker, who uh, oh, actually, gosh, yeah. if I'd have, um, I'm not sure at which point he retired Lineker, but I did see him once at Goodison Park when Everton beat Blackburn three one in the cup, and again he's a he's an interesting character. He would just play the back line and just get ball over the top, and he, he was w- in. He was in score every time. Very very good player, Lineker. I think it's very tricky to narrow it down to eight. I think we've picked some of the essential ones that everyone probably would pick, but we've also maybe put in some ones that are our own personal opinions. But either way, they're all great goal scorers in the Premier League. Barnet of the week time. Do you want to go first? Yeah, well, I uh, it wasn't difficult. I looked at the four that I'd picked today. And when you look at Didier Drogba, again, I seem to pick French people every week. But you do, Didier actually. Drogba, and again, someone with an Alice band and different hairstyles from short to long to slick to curly and all over the Quite place. Quite eccentric with his hair, wasn't Quite it? eccentric, yeah. So I've got Didier Drogba as my Barnet of the week. Again, quite a controversial Barnet of the week. So he wasn't one of my strikers, but he is a striker who we haven't picked. Played for Man City from 2010 to 2013. And he actually did do two years at Liverpool. Very controversial player. Do you remember Mario Balotelli? Still playing? Balotelli, yeah, yeah. What did he do? He did some ridiculous things. Let fireworks off in his hotel room and (laughs) burnt it down or something. Yeah, he was a bit mad. Good player. He ended up at AC Milan or Inter Milan or something. Yeah, he's now playing for an Italian team. I can't pronounce it, but it's Brescia Calcio. 
something like that sounds like a medicine but yeah so he's, he's still currently playing and oh my gosh his hairstyle's been ridiculous he apparently once shaved in his t-shirt number in his head mm. he had 17 shaved into his hair mm. which i just don't know how that's possible so my favorite star is probably the little like blonde strip oh yeah I remember just that, yeah. literally his whole head was shaved but he had a bright blonde strip going straight did down it the red middle once, I think. yeah and yeah. he's had like aztec patterns mm basically changed how we could perceive a hairstyle just from short back and sides to I think if, uh, if there had been a manager who could manage him then he would have been world class but he's just a bit unmanageable I think he was a bit of a handful but he turned his head into basically like a Sudoku sometimes with those hairstyles so yeah Mario Balotelli was my Barnett of the Week and Didier Drogba was yours <laughs> Okay, that's all from this week of episode 14 of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We've looked back at a lot of some of the greatest players ever in the Premier League. We've looked at goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, all the way through to forwards. We've come up with quite a cool idea. Well, you came up with this idea for next week. Super subs. Yeah, so those players who regularly feature on the bench and regularly come off the bench and influence matches. So I'm sure we can come up with four each. Yeah, we reckon so. Super subs. Super. Brilliant off the bench. Super, super subs. That's going to be next week. Till then, stay safe, stay positive, and we'll be back then. Bye-bye.